0: Hey,
1: everybody, welcome back to Visual Novel Book Club. I'm your pal Slow Beef. With me, of course, my good friend Jim. Hey, everybody. My good friend Aaron Ronan. Hey. My good friend Turbo C. Hey. My good friend Devious Vacuum.
2: Welcome back, everyone.
1: The oh house my. in Fata Morgana. <laughs> <laughs> um, what the hell happened? Because a lot, a lot, and a little happened. This is a time jumpy kind of chapter, so it was like, l-
3: yeah, this started out as like the R-rated version of Beauty and the Beast, and then turned into something. <laughs> yeah, <different.
2: laughs> we we read chapter two. It was kind of long.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Definitely longer than chapter one. Not like long, long, but it was. It was a lot. There, there were a couple times too where I'm like, oh, okay, let's 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 end it here. But you know, whatever, it's fine. It was a good chapter. I liked it. I have nerd complaints, but you'll hear them.
2: So at the end, so the beginning of, of the of chapter two, the second door, seventeen oh seven. We hear we, we go into the cellar door and and there's like a sound behind it, like some beast is eating meat. And uh, and when we enter the door, we get seventeen oh seven, and it is the chapter is called Weeping Manor. Um, the maid explains to us that uh, in between the Rhodes family living there and seventeen oh seven, the house was empty. Uh, wait, the- I'm
1: sorry. Can I interject one thing? Mm-hmm. The, the ha- wait, the chapter is called Weeping Manor. It is.
2: Yeah, it comes up at the top of the window. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But not, not, like, the whole Door 2 chapter, just that section, right?
2: Yeah,
3: I think, doesn't that change, like, every big scene? Yeah.
2: Yeah, that was the only time I saw it, like, being named, because, like, it was Rose Manor, you know, and, like, this was Weeping Manor, so. Oh, I see. It's like, I don't know if it, like, has a different, that's that's the title that I wrote down that's, like, associated with this one.
3: I think, I think you see a title when you save the game on the save file, and, and every big mm-hmm. scene has a different title.
1: Yeah, you do. The window header and the save game. Uh, but anyway, um...
2: So yeah, the Rhodes family had no heirs, big surprise there, and so they disappeared.
4: <laughs> Who was left to give them heirs? <laughs> yeah, this one take- takes place about a hundred years after? Yeah, pretty much. But yet we keep hearing about them, this chapter. The maid won't stop, ch- shut up about them. But the flaxen-haired yeah. family...
2: The only nice time she ever had? Ah. <laughs> <Aww. laughs> So, the maid was by herself during this 100 years, and like, and she couldn't, like, the mansion has fallen into disrepair. I guess one person can't take care of that big of a house for, mm. for a long time. Um, and so she's, you know, she's by herself and, and sad, cause I, I guess she, you know, we've, we've kind of established that she's like tied to the house, but, um, I don't know if she can leave the property. I don't think she can.
3: Yeah, she seems like she can't. She really is a lot
1: like the maiden American Horror story. anyway, sorry.
2: God.
3: She also seems to be able to hide herself. When when she wants yeah, to- Yeah, she
2: can she can like remove her physical form, which makes me also think that she is the house. Hmm. So one day a man appears in the basement. He spawned in. Um <laughs>
1: spawned in
2: <laughs> I just thought it was so funny that she was like he appeared in the basement. Like what? Like Teleported. what <laughs> he he dug down and entered the house through the basement.
4: He no enabled no clip. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> What's up, gamers? <laughs> Here's how we're speedrunning Feta Morgana.
2: <laughs> and this this man, um, appears, uh, his sprite appears as a monster. Um, kind of. Like, he's like a black cloud. He's, like, you. they could have made this look more like a werewolf, but they didn't. It's like a werewolf cloud, man. Like, he doesn't have a nose. He just, and he just has, like, angry face. I
4: didn't read really werewolf from it, because it just says eyes and teeth, and it's just a cloud otherwise. Well, it's got
1: it's i really like the art on this it's it's like a it is like almost like the outline of something that is simult like halfway between cloudy and like a big furry monster kind of thing but really all you can definitively make out of these red eyes and teeth and it, it's just really cool it's like very obviously the game is trying to hide his appearance from you like It's almost like a trick that would maybe, like, quote-unquote work better in a novel novel, but this is an interesting way to do it, you know?
2: Mm Mm-hmm. That's true.
3: And every time... Well, the man says it's a beast. It's not a man. But every time it speaks, um, it shows it in, in like, in X's. Mm And there's, like, a screeching sound effect that's really effective, I thought.
4: Yeah. The sound effects and the music were uh, on point this chapter.
2: And the squeaking noises are not like an animal sound. It's like a like a record scratch distortion, almost kind of sound, which is interesting. Like it was, it's just there's a lot about it that's like very like censored instead of like beast-like in the in sort of these these um, choices that they're making, which I thought was interesting. It wasn't like here's a wolf man making wolf noises. It's like obscured purposefully.
1: The mo- the worst horror of all censorship.
2: Exactly. <laughs> Am I right, gamers? <laughs> so um, the maid introduces herself and is like, so there's like this, like, essentially a monster in here. And she's like, oh, how exciting. Someone's finally here. Um, I'm going to get I'm going to accept this beast as my new master and give him a makeover. <laughs> I'm um, gonna teach him how to be a person, so that he can be the master of this house, and then I won't be so desperately lonely. And wow! So, it's
1: playing the pot, playing the part of Mrs. Potts, Lumiere, yeah, and exactly.
2: <laughs> it's very Beauty and the Beast um, in this part, like the castle, like helping him and like getting helping him get his act together.
3: It gets even more Beauty and the Beast later, though. <laughs> well, uh,
4: yeah, so like, what's the first thing she tries to teach him? It's how to use cutlery.
2: <laughs> yeah. <it's->
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, maybe I got ahead of myself there." <laughs>
4: here's here's some silverware.
2: So she asks him his name, and he is able to say in a language she can understand, "Bestia." And um, and she's like, "Okay, your name is Bestia." And um,
4: sorry, did we mention that the um the manor was is over a cliff now?
2: Oh no! Yeah, talk about they like describe the manor in, like the sunlight and stuff. Yeah. Was it not over a cliff before?
3: I don't think so. I'm thinking maybe the the manor changes places because this. That's yeah. That's exactly what yeah, that's what
1: I thought. It's like Castlevania
3: because in 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 this chapter they don't they never say it out, out outright, but if you do some research, then it's very clear where is is taking place. Yeah.
4: So, um, and also the beast showed up in a pool of blood in the basement. So, the maid's just real, <laughs> like, please get out of this manor. You can find people easier than giving cutlery to this ma- this blood <laughs> shadow.
3: Fine, it talks about a sword with it. Oh, yeah, sword too.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the beast also has a sword. Great. Seems like a real <laughs> good idea, maid. Um, And she even, like, says in the narration, she's like, maybe this was a bad idea. You know, I kind of feel bad about it in retrospect.
5: She says that for every episode now, the first episode. She's like, (laughs) well, you know, this probably wasn't a good idea, but I had the best intention.
1: (laughs) All this horror is really my fault.
2: (laughs) Who? I mean, I, I feel like maybe, you know, she doesn't really care if the beast, like, kills people i think like or like is dangerous like she's just kind of like well he's not dangerous to me and like i'm sure it'll be fine we're out in the middle of the woods whatever (laughs) there's a little aside where i don't remember exactly what she says but like it's ambiguous if the maid uh knows our name or if we're only master
3: i think she does but she doesn't want to tell us she said we have to remember Mm -hmm. it ourselves i thought she said it in the last last chapter
2: and she says, like, I, oh, I want to hear it from you when you remember, or something like that. Yeah. So, the maid teaches Bessie how to talk, um, and how to do things around the house. Um. Or she teaches him the language that she speaks, we should say. Um, but also just, like, how to do, like, basic stuff. Like, use cutlery, which is so funny to me. Um, they're working in the garden, and she's, like, having him move things around for her in the garden. and he digs up that white rose that mel gave to the white-haired girl
4: and he says oh that's a fake rose
2: (laughs) (laughs) and 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 he like pauses and like looks at it like it means something and and she's like yeah it's important probably oh she's like i thought you would smash it but you didn't you like kept it
4: it would it's the kind of rose you would give to someone that you care about
2: when all the petals fall off, then the curse is <laughs> over. I
4: actually thought they were, like, really
1: going there. Which, I'm just going to show my own culture. Is that a thing in Disney's Beauty and the Beast, or is that in the original fairy tale? It's
3: definitely in Disney's.
2: <laughs> I think it's just Disney. I don't know if the the rose is, a, is really a part of the original one.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I don't read the original. I only watch it Disney.
2: I feel like no, but I don't remember... Anyway, she asks Bestia, what does he want?
4: Which Disney, though? Mm hmm.
2: <laughs> well, Disney is all media now, so it doesn't matter. Um, so, Bestia just says he just wants to live in peace. And, uh, and she's like, okay, great. I can, I can help you then to become the master of the house. And Bestia continues to gr- act more human. The house itself responds and improves and sort of, like, cleans itself, which is interesting. And, um, and Bessia becomes the master of the house.
1: I don't know if you've ever seen Les Mis, but there's this song, and every time I hear that phrase... Yeah.
2: Master of the house, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
4: With Borat singing it in the... (laughs) Oh what? Wait, what's that? Yeah, Sacha Baron Cohen. And, uh, the the one lady... Tim Burton.
1: Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. I've heard of that. I've never, I haven't seen it, but yeah.
2: So one day, a merchant knocks at the door of the of the manor, and um, Bestia decides to let him in. Again, this is very Beauty and the Beast. No, he
3: doesn't actually. The, the maid does it.
2: Oh, the maid does. Okay, it's very Beauty and the Beast. It's just like when Belle's dad. <laughs> of trespasses. Yeah,
1: I was thinking that. Yeah. I
4: was thinking that until we saw a sprite and i like, "Whoa, Bell's dad can get it."
2: <laughs> oh, <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> reimagining
4: crazy old
1: Maurice. <laughs> I was just
2: fucking about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, as this was happening, I was literally in my mind going, "Oh, crazy old Maurice." <laughs> um So, he can might- get it. <laughs> He invites the merchant to like have dinner, and like the maid makes dinner for them, and and he's like, yeah, you can stay here, because the merchant's like, I'm lost, and um, yeah, and, and
3: he, he, he thinks that um, the merchant seems to be afraid of him for for a second, uh, but then when he starts talking, maybe that he he managed to, to disguise himself as a human. That's what the beast is thinking.
2: And um, the merchant, while they're having dinner, the merchant's like. Oh, there's rumors that there's a horrible beast out there, so, you know, be careful. And, uh, Bestia starts to freak out.
1: Well, doesn't the, doesn't the guy have a, a knife, yeah, is right. why? Yes. He's like, yeah, if he the beast comes knife. near me, like, I have this knife. But he's like, a knife to kill me? Who's not a beast?
2: I'll kill you first! Yeah. And then, you know. And so, Bestia freaks out and starts threatening the man, and the merchant says, please don't kill me, I have my sweetheart who I have to go back home to. Um, please, my sweetheart is waiting for me. Um, but Bestia angrily and gleefully kills this man. Mm. He, there's, like, a lot of laughing. There's a lot of characters d- devoted to laughing. <laughs> Every time, d- like, there's s- a- arguably too many. Oh, I, I like
1: that, actually, I thought, personally, but.
2: It's really, it's really, uh, he really goes off.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: And, um. He kills the man, and the scene changes uh, to a woman named Pauline, who is excited about having a ham sandwich in the park.
1: <laughs> she fucking loves these ham sandwiches, too. No, spoiler alert. Yeah,
2: but. she can't get enough of them. Um, Pauline, early frontrunner for best character in the game, in my book.
1: <laughs> With just this one line. Just the ham sandwiches, really.
2: Yeah, really, this is enough. Oh, based on the characters we've seen so far, that's already enough for her to be my favorite.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Move over, Mel.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the Pauline is talking about how she's waiting for her lover, who is a merchant, to come home from merching. Merching. Um,
1: merchant. Merchandising.
2: And her mom arrives and breaks the news to her. She's like, I told you not to fall in love with a foreigner or something like that, or oh, a yeah. merchant who travels. And she's like, he's dead. He died. Um, he's not coming back.
1: <laughs> we need to build a wall to keep these merchants out. Of,
2: so. <laughs> um. So so that happens. Um. Then meanwhile, back at the mansion, uh, <laughs> the beast Vesia uh, is is out of control. Shit's getting real bloodborne. Um, he asks the mansion to bring him more prey to kill. And he he has a monologue here, or like an internal thought monologue. But all I wrote in my notes was, no one understands me. (laughs) 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 So he, what is his, tell me, help me describe his sort of mindset about it. He's like, no, like, he's like, nobody, everyone's, everyone's mean to me and says that I'm a beast and, like, everyone's horrible, like, no one understands.
1: All I do is murder them and they get so offended.
2: Yeah, like, he's so upset and he's like, I have to hurt them before they hurt me. Um, and the whole thing is, like, extremely childish. Like, his reasoning is, like, extremely intense and extremely childish at the same time. Um, so... He starts killing people like really horrible ways. Like, this also reminds me a lot of uh, vampire books that I've read. I feel like there's at least one character in every vampire book that I've read that like goes through this phase where they just like kill people in really horrible ways just to like see how far they can go, I guess. Like torturing people to death and like, I assume killing people in the most like ironic way possible. Uh,
3: Dimension brings him... Uh, a single person every week.
2: That's a lot of people.
3: It's pretty reliable on its deliveries. Who gets lost and comes to the mansion, then first the the, the bisque feeds them, gives them dinner, and sends them to sleep, and then during the night, he kills them in horrible ways.
2: And, um, at this point, the maid admits that she is in a horrible situation. She's really gotten herself into a pickle this time. (laughs) (laughs) He's master of the mansion, so he can ask it to do stuff for him, and she she can't like revoke his mastership, I guess.
4: Because I would be crazy.
2: Yeah, it keeps asking the mansion for like more challenging prey, like give me something that's really gonna fuck me up, or like you know,
4: fuck me up,
1: mansion.
2: <laughs> I it's just wild, and then one night. Uh, someone appears at the mansion, and it is the white-haired girl. She has short hair now, but she has the same red eyes. She's wearing a green dress. And the maid confirms to us that this is the same girl as a as hundred years ago.
3: But she does have a different history here. So I'm wondering yeah. what's up with that. Is she, like, getting killed and then reborn in different ways?
2: Or is she a blade? Because, you know, is she a half-vampire, so she just ages really slowly?
1: she a descendant of the white-haired girl we saw earlier?
2: Well, the maid says it's the same girl. Like she, So mm. whatever that means. Yeah, this,
3: this time she has a mother, and so either she's lying or she really does have a different childhood every time.
2: Yeah, there's a couple things before she talks about her backstory. She could be the Joker as well. Um, so he offers so Bestia offers uh, so brings her in and offers her a dress to wear um, and the maid is there and she says it was the same dress that she went on a date with Mel wearing that yellow dress and it's still there but she didn't pick it and um, the maid greets the white haired girl but the white haired girl does not remember her or the Rhodes family but apparently she still goes by the same name So, in an interesting parallel to the previous chapter, in the middle of the night, Bestia goes to the girl, the white-haired girl's room, while she's sleeping, and is like, uh, I, I guess he's like got his sword drawn and is on top of her, or like, I don't know if he has her like pinned down or whatever. I, I, I feel like I just imagined it exactly the same way that it was between her and Mel.
4: They seem to, uh, to draw a lot of parallels at the very least, whether intentional or not.
2: Yeah, and the white haired girl's like, I'm not, you know, she's not scared of him. Um, and she, and he's like, why aren't you scared of me? Like, it's, it's very similar to with her and Mel in that way. But, um, she's also, instead of, like, being in love, the white haired girl is basically too depressed to be scared. <laughs> she's just like, yeah. <laughs> I might die. Like sucks to be me. <laughs> and he's like you're not afraid of me and she's like no.
4: <laughs> no, you nah. kind of suck actually.
2: Yeah, and he doesn't know what to do with that. Um so he's just yeah, like completely like, if
3: he went to kill me then kill me, I don't care.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's just like doesn't know what to do with it because she's not reacting and he needs the reaction of like someone being scared of him. Because that's how he gets off.
5: It's like we, when, when, like, you know those things where, like, somebody isn't scared like, Beetlejuice or, like, something like that? Where they're like, ooh, look, I'm doing something crazy. He's <laughs> like, yo, you know I eat people, right? Ooh.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's that. And she's like, I don't care. <laughs> um, so, um, she they, they talk for a while. And she starts to say, I think I know what my role is now. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, like, it made me think that, like, the white-haired girl is always a part of, like, the destruction of the master of the mansion. And, like, each time, whether she consciously knows it or not, like, her role is to cause that destruction. Or, like, instigate it somehow.
3: Yeah, now, now I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll see her in every chapter. Yeah,
2: yeah. for sure.
3: It's, like, reverse quantum leap. And the maid, at some point, much much later, says that the, 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 the white-haired girl is never to blame. In in any time and in, in any place, she always she, she always has the uh, pure motives. But
2: oh yeah, so wait, she wanted
1: to, she wanted to kill
2: Mel last time. That's what the maid said about her. That she's never she's never to blame for like the actual because the thing that well Mel didn't die, so like Mel's whole undoing was that he fell in love with his half sister, which was not her fault.
1: Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, it's, you know, pure motive here is a little, that's a little specious.
2: Yeah.
3: She seems to be there to to be the the element that causes the, the bad things that happen later, but mm. it's never her that's doing them. It's, it's other people's decisions and actions that actually brings the downfall.
2: In this chapter, she also seems more like she is, an like, an opportunity for redemption. Like, if, if Bestia... Had had taken more of her advice as she kind of is like insisting that he's not really a beast and and you know that they could live a peaceful life, then you know maybe things would have gone differently.
3: Yeah, Mm. still killed a lot of people though.
2: Yeah, you can't really come back from that one. Yeah, really. Yeah. So so there's a big like we're not so different you and I because we know that the white haired girl was called a witch always um, and driven away. From people and as they continue their conversation, um, Bessie realizes that the white haired girl is blind, so mm. this is different. Um, so she's blind. Could she have been blind in the previous chapter because she couldn't read that book? No, probably not. And we just didn't notice,
4: no, because she did notice I thought this, but she did notice that the flower turned from white to red in that one. Oh,
2: you're right. You're right.
3: Yeah. And she was, like, doing the job of a
4: maid in a place where she didn't
3: know. I think she couldn't read just because almost no one could read at that time period. Yeah. And there's also that weird monologue she had
1: about how great eyesight is. I, didn't, <laughs> I thought that was a little on the nose, but, you know.
2: Just really trying to drive it home. So, so something happened, and she was blinded. Maybe she was blinded by, um... Science. Nellie. Nellie <laughs> <laughs> Nelly with the Jinx. scissors. But she doesn't have any like. It's not like her eyes were damaged. Like they, she just can't see.
4: And that's why they were red.
2: Who knows?
1: It's interesting too. I thought I thought it was kind of a funny thing when Mel saw her. Is it's like not like blood, but like rubies. And then the bestia is like like blood.
2: You yeah. know, like yeah, different. she's into it. My yeah. favorite color. So, Bessia starts to act more human, um, because he does not know how to react to someone who doesn't fear him. And, um, he finds himself surprised that he doesn't want the white-haired girl to know about all the people he's killed. Um, at this point in my notes, I wrote, tale as old as time. <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> That's where really got Beauty and the Beast. Like, there's a basement full of corpses and, and
5: <laughs> the actual Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> they, just don't yeah. play, they just don't mention that.
2: And the, the white-haired girl is, like, he keeps being, like, oh, I'm such garbage, like, I'm a monster. And she's, like, no, you're great, you're good, and everything's fine, like, you can, you are you aren't a beast, you aren't a monster. And, like, the next thing I wrote was that being a straight woman who dates men is this difficult in real life, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's, it's, it's, like, but they have a peaceful life together, even though he's, like, so fragile. And, um, just any little thing will set him off into being like, no, I'm a monster, and nobody likes me, and I, I, I don't know. Um, It's like
1: fishing for compliments, kind of. Oh,
4: honey, you dropped your butter knife. Knife? I'll kill you!
2: (laughs) Yeah, just completely, just the most fragile piece of tissue paper, this, this man, um, so, but during this time, this beast, um... The maid hides... She hides herself away. Um, so she she loses her physical form and is just the house, I guess, right now. I guess.
5: Something. She certainly isn't visible. Whether she's hidden in a space or just gets absorbed.
2: Yeah. And uh, so during this time, there's more conversations between Bestia and the white-haired girl... The white-haired girl then tells us a different backstory. Tells him a different backstory. She lived with her mother. She was always blind. Um, and her mother left for long expanses of time to work at a mansion. Or so she said. She kind of, like... Sh- she doubts her own mother's story, which I assume is, like, a sidelong reference that her mother might have been a prostitute. Um, and uh, because it was just her and her mother, and her mother died, but she... Uh, Sent a bunch of money back always and she sent letters to the white haired girl and like the neighbors would read the letters to the white haired girl because she couldn't see. And she said that was how she mostly knew her mother from these letters. And, um, but then, um, so she took the money that her mother left her and was gonna go out into the, into the world with it. And, uh, and she was robbed. Um, and, uh, so she lost all that money and she was like, I'm, you know, she, like, obviously feels like shit. Like, she's like, I just wasted all my mom's hard work by getting robbed. And, uh, so she just started wandering around in the woods.
3: Well, she, she got trapped, and she's blind. What she could, what else she could do, what she do?
2: Yeah, she can't. She, yeah. yeah, so she's just helpless and, um, so Bestia gives the white haired girl the fake white rose and she has some vague memory about it about the white rose um wonder if that's gonna happen in every chapter wouldn't that be interesting um but she she has some vague memory about it but not she can't you know not but not really um at this point bestia thinks to himself this time i am quitting murder for good
5: (laughs) (laughs) god is my witness (laughs) not a drop of blood again (laughs)
2: <laughs> um, at this Maybe time... Maybe one more for the ride. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> after, at this time... after this
5: murder, then he just stuck a knife in somebody.
2: <laughs> Someone knocks at the door, um, and, uh, and he's like, what? Like, I didn't ask for any more. I just wanted a peaceful time. I, I don't want any more.
3: Did, do we see more of Pauline before, before that, I think?
2: I don't think so. I didn't write it in my notes that okay. we saw her again before this. Um... There's a lot after this, but, uh, but I, yeah, I forgot that it happens this early. So, uh, somebody knocks the door and it's him? A second beast has entered the mansion. Uh, (gasps) So at this point in the story, I think I thought that this beast was just him. Like, it was, like, some representation of himself that he was so afraid of.
4: It was his urge to murder
1: Maybe the true beast was the metaphorical beast in all of us. Right,
2: and, like, in a way, that's true, I guess. Um, But Bestia is terrified of the second beast. Um, He... (laughs) In my notes, I just fucking wrote, he goes ape and kills the other beast to death.
4: (laughs) I mean, not wrong.
2: No, it's fine,
4: yeah. It is
1: pretty accurate, honestly, but...
2: Uh, so the, so the second beast, like, advances toward Bestia, and he's, like, running away, and it's, like, advancing toward him in the hallway, and he's like, no, stay back.
3: The white girl comes out, the white her girl come, comes out and tells tells her to either sign and he kills the other beast to protect her, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And it's screeching at him the whole time.
2: The other beast, like, takes a long time to die. Yeah,
3: it's like the final boss you know, in a horror movie or something. It just comes back to life. Yeah. <laughs> so he
2: so he kills it, and then he's like, I did this to protect you, white-haired girl. I think, like, there's a lot of blood everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And then we have a, another flashback. So we flashback to Pauline and a character who's referred to as the Merchant. So we, uh, so we are meant to assume that this Merchant is the Merchant that has been killed.
3: It's, it's the same sprite as the one... It's the same sprite as the one we saw when the merchant was visiting the, the mansion. hmm
2: Oh, it is? I didn't notice if it was exactly the same one. Ah, so it's the same It's one. at
1: least very close, if not. Yeah, I thought it was, and then I'm like, I, that can't be right, but whatever.
2: Yeah, so we assume this is the merchant that got killed as the very first victim, and who said he had to get back to his sweetheart. So we see that Pauline is the, is a, is the sweetheart of the merchant. Um... And Pauline is on her way. uh Pauline has to verify that her lover is dead with her own eyes so
3: so these these flashbacks with pauline uh, they're always like split into two. We see some of her past with with her lover, and then we see her after she learns about his death.
4: some of her like yeah current. current. We shouldn't,
1: I mean, to, I guess to be totally f- fair, like, she doesn't know for sure he's, she's told, she's told he's dead, but, like, she doesn't really accept it because there's no body or in anything. In
2: 1707, they're like, he died in a shipwreck, like, anything could have happened.
1: Yeah.
3: Also, every time we come back from these flashbacks, the maid, it's not the maid who's showing, showing us these flashbacks to Pauline. The maid sh- says, we're doing this on our own, that we, we just went away for a second and looked in the distance.
2: Ah. Yeah. So, this is our ability.
4: Of our own, like, weird power.
2: So, Pauline gets a friend of her mother's to, um, and all these flashbacks to Pauline and the Merchant are, like, very, like, it's like them, you know, being in love and saying they love each other and he's saying he's gonna come back and see her because he loves her and all this stuff.
4: But not, like, a, the creepy love, like, last chapter.
2: No, it's very, <laughs> it, it feels very, like, sincere and real. They are really in love.
4: Yes. And,
3: yeah.
2: Yeah. And uh so Pauline arrives at this town and um, And
3: uh, a Amado's friend is named and the other couple of lines that make, makes me think he's more important than it seems right now.
2: Yeah, his name's Orlando. Orlando
3: and, and he seems to sing something cause There's a few lines from him about her mother and something strange there. I'm not sure what, because it doesn't appear again.
2: Yeah, I I, I, I don't know. It's kind of like like, if he was her uncle, like, I would be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense, like, or something. But, yeah, it feels like he's, like, very close with her with mother somehow. I kind of was like, are you secretly Pauline's dad? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> but that's impossible because of how the plot works. So.
4: Yeah.
2: um, How does the yeah, plot work? It does. We'll get there.
4: Because <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I thought the, the two besties were Mel and Nellie. God, or like they had some what? horrible <laughs> child that they left in the basement. And, uh,
1: wow, for a hundred years?
4: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, like <laughs> the maid <laughs> being the, being there f- is just fine. But you know, you sound
1: you sounded so defeated too. By the way, like that was really you're like yeah, that's what I thought. I know, <laughs> yeah. but I didn't <laughs> mean it like that. <laughs> well, we've already got two characters that lasted
5: through from the hundred years from the last story,
1: so it's not completely yeah. impossible. There.
2: So, um, so Pauline is walking around, this- and Pauline, like her personality, she's like very, like positive and upbeat and naive, which is interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because no other character is like this. Um, Pauline's a treasure, and um, so she walks around, and everyone's kind of like standoffish to her because this is the past, and she is a foreigner. Uh, nobody really knows what to do with her.
3: And there have not been a war in this area until very recently.
2: Oh, so sh- we should talk about the where where this all takes place. So we were just talking about the the evidence that's presented in this would imply that the mansion is in. Pauline
3: Pauline is almost definitely from the Netherlands because they have they use the word a, a Dutch word um, in one of the flashbacks.
1: Yeah, which
2: that means God, rabbit. God, I'm not,
1: yeah? Yeah, yeah, little rabbit. Like mm-hmm. it's like ninja. King. Yeah. There's just consonants everywhere. I don't even know.
2: It's bad. Just like every Dutch word.
4: N i g or N-I-J-N-T-E-E. However, you at home want to pronounce it horribly. You're free to.
3: <laughs>
4: yeah, there's a Dutch surname that's used later too.
3: And and the mansion is almost certainly in Spain this time. Um, so that's like near, interesting. Near Valencia, and I looked at the history, and and there really was a war exactly at that time and that part of Spain was uh, like very temporarily uh, belonged to England exactly this year so it, it all fit oh yeah they, they say there was a war and this part of the country was changed uh, the, ownership, the ownership changed between countries so yeah it, it checks out
2: Go. Oh, cool.
1: They, you did your
3: homework, Pavata Morgana.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting that they say this, but they don't name any of the countries.
3: Yeah, they never said explicitly, but but they give a lot of hints and very detailed hints about where, where, where this is. I was wondering if maybe they just wanted
1: to, like, keep, keep it, like, so you don't think that they're having any comment on any, like, historical figures or anything like that. But it's still weird because it is clearly, like those countries you
4: know they're
5: giving a date too and then they're tying things into things that would match around that date
4: yeah it's very political uh, for something that they're trying to very much not state exactly what it was they're they're going into all the history of it Mm
2: -hmm. so she paulina she's wandering around the the town she goes to the beach and she finds a boy standing there by himself um his name is javi um, she calls him Javier, and, she, and he's like, no, it's just Javi. Um,
3: this, by the way, wasn't in Japanese, the Javier thing. I think it was to making English know how to read this.
2: Yeah, I think it helped me know how to pronounce it. <laughs> yeah. If it was pronounced like Javier. Um, so he, like, immediately criticizes her accent and says that she's doing a bad job. And it's just, like, a really cynical little shit. And she's like, how are you so jaded? <laughs> <laughs> I love Pauline,
1: yeah, Pauline's honestly pretty great.
2: So they start to set up this sort of antagonistic like relationship that that Pauline and Javi have to uh, it, it's funny. Um, she's trying so hard, and everyone is mean to her. Um but she just keeps trying. Meanwhile, back at the mansion, um, <laughs> we meet back up. we we continue like where like the beast has killed the second beast. And he is terrified still, even though he won. Uh, he tells the white-haired girl about his murder past, all the people he murdered. And the white-haired girl immediately is like, ah, this is a puzzle for me to solve. There must be something that has, that has made you this way.
4: <laughs> Professor Leighton. Yeah.
2: And, and she wants to figure out how he became this way. And, um... Like, if you believe at this point that he is, like, a wolf band, then it would be like, ah, oh, did a witch curse you or something? Um, but she starts asking him more about his memories and what happened to him. And um, it's so he, he describes uh, that his earliest memory is, like, a group of people trying to kill him, basically. That he was trying to talk to people and they were, like, laughing at him and, and trying to hurt him. And um
3: he woke up and he just wanted something to drink. He was in a, in a bad state and wanted a glass of water. and No one would give one to him.
2: <laughs> yeah. And it seems like he was. in an, And so she sort of repeats it back to him and is like, you know, like, it sounds like you were in an area where, like, a, you don't speak the language. And so he only understood the word bestia. So bestia is what they called him, not what his name is.
3: Yeah, also they, they did try to, like, chase him away. They did hurt him a little bit. hmm The people around him.
2: Yeah, and, and like, they probably, they, I mean, they probably did try to kill him. I don't know, or something, they tried to hurt him.
3: Well, they
4: definitely didn't give him any, any uh, anything to drink. To be fair, there was
1: a war, right, recently, too, they mentioned, so maybe they were assuming he was, like, whatever enemy, foreign aid, or whatever, of that
2: no, maybe people were just like that back then. You know, it was yeah, a it was a, a killer be kill killed kind of world <laughs> out there.
4: Not very progressive 1700. 17- yeah. Yeah, 1707 wasn't very PC.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um so the white hair girl is like, "Well, I am, I am I am called a witch. You know, like people chase me out and don't help me and I've been chased away because they, people say I'm a witch." And um Bessie used- is like, "Not
1: the same thing." Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, Bessie thinks to himself, "This woman is going to change me. I am going to become human." Which, damn, again, shout outs, shout outs to straight girls for all the hard work they do. <laughs> um, so we get another flashback of Pauline and the merchant together. Um, I didn't write anything down, so it must have just been. Like, oh, I love you, I love you too. They have a lot of these that are kind of like, talk about like his work. And- a lot
4: of it does drown on, I think.
2: Yeah.
5: Yeah, the first three or four don't really accomplish anything other than ex- establish the fact that they're in love.
2: Yeah, but that's good. Like, I mean, I believe them.
3: Yeah. It's not the one where they first to meet, right? That's later.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's like a whole extended thing. Yeah. Um, which is cute. Um, so then there's uh, sort of Pauline's uh, vaguely present time. Um, I guess Pauline in the village. Uh, everyone in the village is rude to Pauline. It seems like people in this village are just rude.
1: I can't believe Jerk Village is this bad.
2: I can't believe I washed up on the beach of Jerk Village. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's the title.
2: <laughs> so Javi is this the, the is this surly teen, but he is slowly warming up to Pauline because she won't leave him alone. He gives her an orange because this area is apparently known for their oranges. Uh, yeah,
5: Valencia, yeah. Yeah, another sign.
2: And uh but then the next day he sets up a pitfall on the beach for her to fall into. Um and after this I wrote, Where's the anime adaptation of this? <laughs>
1: All right, let me just throw in what I kind of had trouble with in this scene, too, is that, like, she's calling out for him on the fucking beach, can't find him, falls into a pit trap, and then he, like, comes out, like, hi, gotcha, and it's like, where were you hiding? On the beach, it's flat. There's nothing. Behind the
5: lifeguard stand, what do you think?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I guess so.
2: And um, And then Pauline starts crying, and he feels bad, and then she's like, not really, I was just pretending to cry, so you would feel bad. And then he bandages her ankle, which she did actually sprain her ankle, um, from falling in a pit.
3: And then they go on a boat trip.
2: Yeah. And she says, like, he, and she's like, this, it's so beautiful here. And, and he's like, no, I'm, you know, and he basically says that he's unhappy here. And she Interclash. offers to take him back with her when she goes home to her home village in.
1: A nice people village.
2: Yeah. And she's like, there's really good ham sandwiches there. <laughs>
1: What a saleswoman.
2: Um, but, like, back then, like, this is the fucking opportunity of a lifetime. Like, right? Like, J- Javi could have a completely different life there. So, um, but, it, but he, he doesn't say anything at first. Uh, but he does open up and tell uh, Pauline about how his parents were killed by the beast. And he starts to tell Pauline about the beast attack. And, um, so we hear... So he starts talking about the beast attack, and then we see the beast attack from the beast's perspective, about how he wanted water, and everyone attacked him. And, um, he doesn't... He doesn't remember anything, but he finds a sword, and remembers that he knows what a sword is.
1: I mean, to be fair, it's not hard.
2: Um, so that... I feel like him remembering that he knows what a sword is was, like, the first really big clue to me that this was not actually a monster, and was just a guy Um, that transformed into something somehow. Yeah, because he remembers like...
3: Yeah, the fact that he was good at the sword was was my
4: sort of hint.
3: He he remembers that it's actually his and and he knows how to use it really well.
2: Right. Oh, yes, and that matters later. Yeah, what kind of sword it is.
3: (laughs) While you were studying oranges,
1: I studied the blade. (laughs) (laughs) Literally
2: this. Um, So then we see, from Javi's perspective, the night that Javi's parents were killed. So... He's like banging on the door, asking. I think he's asking for help, like for water and for food.
3: No, I'm not saying anything. He just banging on the door.
2: Oh no! Oh, he's just banging on the door. He breaks in. Yeah, he breaks in and kills Javi's parents. And Javi seems to not understand why a bestia would attack. Um, and that transitions into bestia himself waking up in the mansion. Uh, and having that same flashback in the form of a nightmare. Um, the, I, I then I made a note that is the maid seems to be judging him while not in her corporeal form.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, because someone is talking to him. Someone is speaking to him and saying all the things that he's afraid of being true. Like, you're not a, you're not a human. You're a beast. You, you deserve punishment. It
3: seems like the maid. Yeah,
2: it, cause he says it like the house is talking to him, which is the maid. And
3: it tells him that he, he was always a beast from the beginning. Yeah. Basically, it's like good cop, bad cop with the maid and <laughs> the
1: white-haired girl.
2: Yeah. So he's very he's all over the place because of that. And um, so the voice says that the white-haired girl, the white-haired girl's job is to crush the soul of the master of the house. Uh, then we cut. Again, to another memory, Uh, and this is the memory of when Pauline and the merchant first meet each other, and the merchant was Pauline's father's assistant, and uh, so they're all having lunch, Pauline's parents, Pauline, and the merchant, and they're kind of like set up in a way. Um,
3: Yeah, this is also where we learn that Pauline herself is a mixed race. Uh, Her mother... Yeah. Yeah. Her mother um, married the foreigner from the same country that her lover is.
2: Yeah, so Pauline's father and and the merchant are from the same home country, unnamed home country.
3: Mm-hmm. We're given a lot of hints, though. If if you if you know some history, then then you can guess at this point where this country is.
2: Yeah, and uh, yeah, they say they I guess they say here that it, it was closed off, and like when you say cl- what country was like completely closed off historically, like everybody's like, oh, it's Japan, like
0: yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: that's the one um and uh so pauline's mother is like don't fall for a foreign man um which is funny because that's exactly what she did um and they don't they seem to have like a very like they fight a lot but i don't know if it's because they don't like each other i think they just fight a lot and uh pauline's parents oh yeah and uh, Pauline's dad's like, "Why don't you show? Why don't you show the merchant around the the town?" I
5: thought you were gonna say, "Why don't
1: you shut the hell up?"
2: <laughs> 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 Trying to eat my meat.
1: <laughs> he likes meat too.
2: Yeah. He's like, this restaurant has the best meat. Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and so uh, Pauline, it's Pauline's job to show the merchant around, and it's like really awkward. He's like very cold and. Um, very, like, I don't know, just, like, he just, like, is, like, yeah, what, you know, sure. You know, it's it sure, like, she's, like, oh, here's a fountain. He's, like, it sure is. Like, he just doesn't, like, give her any material to work with at all. And, uh, and she's, like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm doing a bad job. And he's, like, just show me, like, what you do every day. Like, this is, like, a, it's a very me cute And, um, and she, at some point during this, she's, like, sh- telling him about her dress and he's like, Oh, your dress. She's like, Oh, isn't it beautiful? Like, father gave it to me. He picked it out. I love it so much. Like, who would have thought that, um, that my father had such a, like, had any taste at all? And, uh, and the merchant's like, Actually, that I gave that to him to be like your, like, gift because I'm visiting your family and like I had that made for you and it's made in the style of my home country, dresses in my home country. And so she had just been like gushing about this dress for five minutes, and now she's like mortified, um, that it was all, that it was from him, and, um.
4: The first thing she said is like, I have to change right now.
2: Yeah, it's really yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, it's really cute. They, and they, like seems very genuine, like they genuinely like fell in love with each other. It's very cute. So then we we go to the sort of present Pauline, um, who's in the village uh, that's being terrorized by the beast. And she now understands that the village is not just afraid because there was a war, but because of their ongoing troubles with the beast. So Javi says to her that, like, he continues to take people. Like, people continue to disappear. So the mansion, when it brought people to him, obviously brought... A- brought people from this village that's near the mansion so like all those people like one person a week has just been like disappearing
5: yeah and unlike a, a bad horror movie like people notice here they're like whoa hold on a second
2: yeah. yeah but they can't just leave
4: and yet people from the village apparently still keep going like I guess the house compelled them but the house, ha- or the house has a reputation among the village and people are still like hmm I think I want to check this thing up on the cliff out.
2: Yeah.
3: Hey, so they get lost in the woods. And I don't think anyone knows about the house except for, for for Javi. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah,
2: yeah, he's the only one who's actually seen the mansion, yeah. Um. So Javi's the only one who knows where the mansion is, but...
1: Do you mean the mansion or the beast's den?
2: <laughs> I love how they call it a den when it's a giant fucking house.
1: Right. <laughs> well he means a specific room like uh, the den right over oh, there yeah. right. no that's a sitting room it's the beast <laughs> sitting room
2: <laughs> so but Javi doesn't want to go I mean he's not going to go there by himself
3: yeah he knows what it is because he followed the beast after he killed his parents and everyone calls him a coward because he went there but he was too frightened to actually do something
2: he's a little kid Everyone in this village is an asshole. Yeah, everyone is <laughs> a it's jerk,
5: and none of them are doing anything about it either. They're not all lining up to go beat the beast up.
2: No, yeah. there's not a single Gaston in this whole damn village.
4: <laughs> God, Javi even says like I think I think it should be me, but I don't really want to.
2: But I'm twelve, so
4: yeah,
1: right. I made a pit trap for the beast, but you know that's about. That's about it. Just caught me a girl. It wouldn't even work.
2: (laughs) And so Javi says, well, Pauline's like, I I bet that is where my lover has gone. Like, he got taken by the beast. And he's like, then he's dead. And she's like, but I have to see it. Will you take me there?
1: What if the beast took one prisoner who is my boyfriend?
2: Literally that. And Javi's like, I'll take you there, but you can't go inside. And this has, to, like, if he's if you don't see him, then you're gone. That's it. We're going to go home. And Javi says he does want to go back home with Polly to her, to her city. Mm. And he seems really excited about it, about getting to, because he just lives with, like, his parents' friends or something like that now, or just, like, some adults, and they yeah. he doesn't really have any attachment to them.
1: They're kind of jerks to him, I thought, too. Am I forgetting that?
2: Yeah, because this is Jerk Village. We're here. Yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah. <laughs>
2: we're here in the future it will become jerk city but for now it's just jerk village
5: wow (laughs) you gotta build up in jerk civilization
2: (laughs) (laughs) so I love Pauline Uh, Pauline she's gonna go and but also internally she resolves that she's gonna start accepting that he's gone that she's you know she's like this has gotta be it I've gotta accept that he's gone and, um, at this point, the maid interrupts us, as apparently we have communicated to her that we see someone approaching the mansion. In real life. Hmm. Um, that's it. No elaborate. no elaboration. Someone is approaching the mansion. Um, back to the story. Um, the beast- we go to the beast, and he is, um still, like, afraid of the mansion's voice that is telling him that he's a beast and that he's been a beast all along and he can't change himself, and the white-haired girl is not able to calm him down for very long at a time. Um, oh, the white-haired girl also makes a comment that, like, she doesn't want to run away again because she's weak-willed, which sounds like she remembers what happened between her and Mel. Where she ran away from him. Yeah. I don't know. This whole time, the maid has also emphasized that even though the beast and the white-haired girl are like sleeping in the same bed, they're not. They're not dating. They're <laughs> just. <laughs> they're both like way too fucked up to like have any romantic feelings toward each other.
1: They haven't had that scene yet, though. Remember where she's like, "Look, I'll show you that you're That's a human." The next scene. And oh yeah, I got it. Okay.
2: So, in an attempt to communicate how they are the same, the white-haired girl is like, you know, we have different sex, but, like, our bodies are the same. Like, human bodies. And so she takes off (laughs) her clothes.
1: Hmm. Sex? What's that? I'm only a beast. I don't understand. (sighs) Sorry.
2: And, um, she smiles, and he says that he knows someone somewhere who has that same smile. Which is very sad to read back now that I have finished the chapter. Yeah. Anyway, we cut to a flashback of the merchant and Pauline again. So he's got to leave on this on this uh, ship, and she is lamenting that the world is not smaller so that she could see him again sooner. What's and- the
1: point of the sea?
2: <laughs> and the merchant says that he is. I think he's one of the places he's going is to his homeland and his, he said his homeland is like in decline and he can't say whether he will be back at all. And at this point I I finally right at the last possible second put two and two together that Pauline's boyfriend, the merchant was in a shipwreck and the beast described himself as waking up, like washing up on the shore Waking up and being thirsty, as if he had experienced a shipwreck and washed ashore.
1: But there's a little misdirection too, because there's that merchant who the beast first kills, and you're kind of yeah. like, I- I-
3: yeah. It took me until the actual reveal. I-, I didn't put it together until the actual reveal, which is very soon. But-,
2: mm-hmm. but that's that's when I started going like, oh fuck. So we cut to Pauline and Javi in the woods, uh, approaching the mansion. And as they approach the mansion, Pauline feels like a familiarity. Okay. And she peeks inside the window of the mansion. And uh, she sees something move past the window and immediately runs and knocks on the door, which she was not supposed to do. And she's like, it's him, it's him, I knew it, I knew he would be here. And, um... She yells for... Uh, I think he opens the door and she says... Yukimasa! So Yukimasa is the merchant's name. And uh, also Bestia's name.
1: Yep. Yep.
2: So the merchant that Bestia killed in the beginning was a different guy.
1: So you want to know another reason I didn't get this until the reveal? was? I was thinking, like, can't just be a guy. Because I feel like Javi would have mentioned that.
2: <laughs> that's what's so, that's so weird. Well, in my notes, I wrote, the real beast was racism all along.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, I, I, my mother-in-law speaks Spanish, and I asked her, like, bestia, like, obviously means beast in Spanish, but it also is, like, a slang term you can use for, some, like, a crude or violent man. Or more, like, crude, really. But, like, so I, I get that this is, like, kind of a linguistic barrier sort of thing. I do really find it a little hard, though, to, to say, like... For anything, too, if it's just a guy, I feel like if he's terrorizing the village like this, like, when do you get, like, how about three of us get together? It's like, you've got a sword, like, we'll get sticks and a rock. I don't know. Like, we could fashion a fucking weapon and take out one guy with a sword, I think. But, I don't know.
3: Javi uh, Javi was the only one who knew where uh, this was, and he was terrified because he saw his friends get getting murdered. No one else knew where to go. Sure. And also, yeah, it, is, it was racism because... It's an Asian man that, that this period of yeah. time, I'm guessing, wasn't a very common sight.
2: they had never seen, yeah, someone from East Asia.
3: Also, this he had a sword. I mean, he he had a katana. totally fair.
2: Yeah, I guess, yeah, well, yeah, he had a katana. The
1: ultimate sword. So no.
2: <laughs> it goes back, and it like shows these different scenes with the beast, and it and it sort of removes the black smoke, and it's Yukimasa, a guy. Um, this
1: game has great art, by the way. I want to just mention.
2: Yeah, he looks real fucked up. Yeah, there's a lot of too. Cause he looks fucked up, like, but he's in like period clothing, and his like he has like a real dorky haircut that's like split down the middle, and somehow he still looks real fucked up and terrifying, despite being dressed like a bad cosplayer at the Renaissance festival. He looks
3: much more terrifying in his in his images, than the best was when with mm-hmm. the smoke.
1: Yeah, and I do I still do like the beast's smoke appearance, truthfully. Like I think that is well I like, kinda well done, but like yeah, he's this this is this is a bestia. He's the bestie at it. Yeah. Um
2: So of course Pauline was the second beast that arrived at the mansion. The scribbly X writing was just Japanese. Mm-hmm. The shiny special blade was a katana. That's also
3: why by the way I didn't figure it out until now, because there's a little time shift here that they do very well. They hide it extremely well. Yeah.
2: So obviously we already saw uh, Yuki Yukimasa kill Pauline as the second beast, and like now the timelines are properly in order. So we had been flashing back this whole time.
3: Now we see it from Pauline's point of view. And we
2: still kind of are flashing back, yeah.
3: Yeah. She can't understand why he's trying to kill her, and she goes after him and
2: kills her and her final thoughts are wondering if Yukimasa fell in love with the white haired girl and she's like if you did you could have just used your words to tell me instead it would have been okay instead of,
4: instead of the sword
2: and Pauline is like why why is this happening and that becomes a theme that is a theme of this chapter but it really starts to hit home now where all of the victims are like why why is this happening why are you doing this and there's no answer um so Javi sees Pauline die and screams. The maid cuts in at this point, And she's like, you know, I think that Pauline appeared as the second beast, not just because they looked similar, because Pauline is half Japanese, but because she reminded him of his human memories. And we're like, oh, thank you, maid, for clarifying that, what you thought about it.
3: Just at this point, it seems like the we accuse the maid of lying to us, not showing mm, yeah. us the beast's true form. And she says because we, we it, it's us who will we'll think, we we'll think Pauline's memories. The maid isn't showing them to us. And she says she, she she has to show the master of the house the way he sees himself, and that we would also be much happier if we didn't know the other part of the story. It would it would be a very different story about a beast learning to become a human.
2: Yeah, so now in all of his rights, Yuki Maso is just a man who is having a very bad time, <laughs> <laughs> and it's really scary, like, I, I felt like a, like, I feel like so much more dread about the whole situation, seeing him being a man, saying all this wild ass shit about, like, being a beast, and, like, He's only, you know, he's not human. Like, and he's just a guy, like saying these things. Um, which, you know, I like. You kind of suspect that the whole time that he's just a guy. But, um man, it's just it's wild. Like knowing that he did, he's he hasn't been like cursed to look that way. Like he's just a man, like saying these things about himself.
5: It's very like edge lord. <laughs> he's like, no, but I'm yeah. such
2: a beast. You don't understand <laughs> how much of a beast.
4: Look at my eyes.
1: <laughs> Look at this this beast katana that I got.
4: <laughs> Only a true beast could wield this folded steel.
5: <laughs> oh God. I had to sacrifice everything that was human in me to be able to
1: wield this sword.
2: <laughs> oh it's my curse. God. I <laughs> wish- the best
1: blade for the bestia.
2: <laughs> I wish that was how the story went. I would... God... So the white-haired girl starts to put the puzzle pieces together that the real beast was racism all along. Um, and she was like, you know, those people, they probably had never seen someone from the country that you're from, and they didn't understand the language that you were speaking, so, like, they probably thought you were some kind of monster. You probably looked like a monster because you were, like, starving and covered in seaweed or whatever from being in a shipwreck. And um, and
3: they, they, they've just been to a war, so they're probably suspicious of foreigners anyway
1: but the thing is that's kind of funny is that like they're they're calling him bestia possibly as like this guy is like what the hell is this like crude guy or like whatever you know and he's like bestia they must be calling me a beast therefore it's okay if I kill him
2: yeah they're really just like calling him a vagabond right yeah So he's just completely folded in on himself. So, like, as, you know, it just, the facade continues to crumble more and more as, like, so much of this is, like, a story of his own invention, right? Um, Right. And she's like, I'm sure that those people, like, were, like, cruel to you, but, like, his reaction of deciding to kill all of them was way over the line by any measure.
1: Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
4: (laughs) Oh.
2: And um Yukimasa even says to himself that he would rather remain a beast than accept the reality of everything that he's done.
4: It's sort of like, "Oh no, I am a beast, but like the Twilight Zone version."
2: Yeah, he's like I have to be a beast otherwise if I'm a human, then that means I killed all those people and I have to be held accountable for it.
3: So you're saying a beast doesn't feel bad?
2: Apparently.
3: So. Yeah, well, that's that's what he's saying. If he's a beast, then that's what the beast supposed to be doing, killing people and Having no remorse. Yeah.
2: Uh, meanwhile, that voice from the mansion or the maid uh, keeps telling him that he's a beast and he must suffer. Um, and then we have an even flasher back. Well, I guess this, this what is an even more flashed back. Um And all right, but I think this is th- no. This must be canon. Th- no, this is still in order because this then this is what must have happened while he was out at sea after he said goodbye to Pauline the final time. Mm. Um, but it might be before then as well. Um, so Pauline's father's named Asama, and uh, Asama and Yukimasa are talking and lamenting that they cannot return to Japan because the borders are closed. and uh, so they they get turned away. The, the, the,
3: the, 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 yeah, they came near Japan but they got turned away. and it's also worth mentioning that they mentioned there's a uh, a man-made island where foreigners are allowed to stay. And that's a Dutch colony that uh, was, in, was the only foreign trade allowed back in Japan, back at that period of time. Mm. So that's also connecting these to the Netherlands.
2: Uh, Yukimasa describes that he is actually not... He was not born in Japan. He's, uh, his grandfather was Japanese and left, and his family was not allowed to return. Um, for some, I, I assume that, like, I don't know if he actually did anything wrong or if that was just, like, the, the rules. Like, if you left, you couldn't come back.
1: They called us beasts and we killed... Oh, sorry.
2: Yeah, they, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't say. But he got his katana from his grandfather. My grandfather's katana!
3: <laughs> and didn't want to tell that to Pauline, either. He he didn't want yeah. to know that he was not actually... In, he had never been in his, in his own country.
2: And, um... Which is, like, is an interesting... I guess it's, like, an interesting, like, side note of, like, he didn't, like... He because I feel like so much of why people don't understand him.
4: He's not a true samurai.
2: Yeah, it's because he's Japanese, but he's not even Japanese. Like he wasn't born in Japan.
4: Mm. Which makes this this next scene about seppuku even
3: even wilder. Yeah. He actually he really wants to go to Japan, but he can't. He's not allowed in. So Yeah. He doesn't belong I just... anywhere. I think that's part of it.
2: Yeah. Just sad but he also, like, clearly, like, I feel like then, like, retrospectively, like, looking at the flashbacks, like, Asama was trying to make him feel like he belonged in the Netherlands. Like, he's like, here's, you know, have dinner with my family. Like, you know, he fell in love with Pauline. Like, he was welcome there. But, uh, so then we have a, a scene, uh, a flashback where, um, so Yukimasa is Asama's, like, right-hand man, like, uh, first mate kind of guy on, on the ship and they, so Asama's talking to him and saying, Oh, we had a smuggler on board. Um, and they're smuggling Spanish silver to mm-hmm. Japan, um, because it's worth more there, like for the silver than it is as currency. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we, they had a smuggler and they're like, they already don't trust us. And now they're just going to trust us less because this guy fucked it up for all of us. And, uh, what should we do? And Yukimasa's like, we should have him commit seppuku as punishment.
3: That's because the uh, government official in Japan already, that was also connected to smuggling uh, seppuku. Yeah, the...
4: Yeah. Yeah. It, so this in his wild. defense he was like, okay, well the, the the Japanese half of this illegality did it, so we should clearly do it too.
3: Yeah, but the smuggler, the smuggler here is not a not Japanese man.
2: Yeah, his name yeah. is Seedorf.
5: Yeah, and Seedorf is, is another uh, Dutch last name.
2: God, poor st- that's a lot, you know, I really think that, like, it, it feels like smuggling, s- like, silver coins, um, is like, if, if I knew that the punishment for that was death, I feel like I would just lay off, like, I feel like I would be like, mm, you know.
4: Plus, his name is Seedorf, and like, how, how low can you, no, I- Who's gonna check Seedorf's luggage?
2: <laughs> yeah um so it it's a lot so they so they say like you have to
4: but it was apparently it was it was very uh lucrative because you it basically the silver was worth more than the actual money itself, so right, you,
1: the opposite of bitcoin,
4: yeah,
2: wow, imagine <laughs> Oh, that's it! See, Seedorf was just a Bitcoin miner ahead of his time. That explains yeah. it, even though the punishment was death. Why he still did it? No, but, so they're like, I don't know. Seedorf says he was framed. So Seedorf didn't even fucking do it, let's be real here. Um, but, um, mm. so, he, so he is not gonna stab himself, or like, he's trying to say, like, you don't understand, I was framed. And then Yukimasa kills him. Uh.
3: Yeah, Yukimasa is his second in the sepulchre. Do you know who sepulchre is then? Did did you look into it?
2: Um, from like old black and white movies. <laughs>
3: uh, you,
2: you, you, so you, no, you stab yourself like in a way.
3: You, you slid up. No, you dump your guts you out. Yourself, but 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 you need but you need a second person there to cut your head off when once you do it because otherwise it's too too painful. So it's it's an entire ritual. Oh. It's not just cut. It's not just stabbing yourself in the stomach. There's a ritual involved. You also have to do it like slowly from the bottom to the top, and it's, it's yeah. Go go, yeah. go look it up on <laughs> Wikipedia.
2: No, thank you.
3: Done that before. Well, it's not like Fatima Morgana's got anything violent in it, and we have
1: to
2: so <laughs> talk about it. Yeah. So Yukimasa enjoyed killing the man. Asama's even like, "Were you smiling?" And he's like, "No." <laughs>
1: it's like, <laughs> no. Are you erect? No. Well, yeah, but that's not <laughs> that.
5: I was just thinking of something funny and really sexy at the same time while I was killing this guy. <laughs>
2: So Yuki is having these flashback memories of these of being on the ship while he's just kind of like wandering around the mansion in distress. Um, at this point in my notes, I wrote in all caps: "How did the shipwreck happen, Yuki?"
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoops! Stabbed everyone on board.
2: <laughs> did you kill everyone on board? He
5: stabbed everyone on board, and then was like, "Well, I got no one else to stab, so I gotta stab You're the gone. boat." <laughs> oh no. <laughs> i'm a genius solo <laughs> so
2: <laughs> so later they find another silver coin on the ship and uh and asama's like oh seadorf was framed we killed him and and he and yukimasa's like well we had no way of knowing that and asama's like asama's like trying to trying to like comfort yukimasa like he's like don't don't take it personal, like, that you killed that man, like, don't let, you know, he's, like, worried about him, this younger man, and, like, being okay with this mistake that happened. And, um, but that is the opposite of what's going really going on. Um, so Yukimasa offers to interrogate the other crew members to find the smuggler. He goes and interrogates, and he's like, I'll do the dirty work for you.
3: So what happens is that Yukimasa finds the, um, silver coin just lying on the floor somewhere. And then it says that he doesn't tell Asama about it. And then later they found oh, yeah. that same silver, silver coin in one of the crewmates' luggage.
2: Oh, yeah. So it's obvious that he framed him. Even though, like, three sentences into the torture scene, he also is like, oh, I framed you, by the way.
3: Yeah. Well, first he breaks all his fingers. And then he
2: confuses. It's... it's- and, and the theme surfaces again of why like he's he's breaking this man's fingers he admits to this man that he's torturing that he planted the coin on him and he's just like why like why are you doing this and he doesn't really know why and he thinks he's to like himself, the joker yeah maybe it would be easier if if I just lost everything
1: I shouldn't I shouldn't like this unless I were what's the word hmm not quite a man but you know the best. <laughs>
2: <God>. <laughs> so, Yuki is wandering around the mansion and he arrives in a new area of the mansion, some kind of chapel with stained glass windows. Um, and as his memories return, he thinks to himself, Am I afraid of being myself? Yes. You are. Um, uh, because yes. yourself is a murderer. Uh, Yukimasa and the white-haired girl, like, return to their peaceful life temporarily, I guess, according to the fucking maid. Um, but then... (laughs) Eventually, the white-haired girl gets sick, because they weren't really taking care of themselves. They were just, like, two disasters, like, barely able to eat in this abandoned mansion. Um, so she gets sick, and now Yukimasa has to leave the house. Um... Even the maid is like, the white-haired girl didn't really get how much murder this guy did.
4: (laughs) Even when he thought he
5: was a normal dude. It's like, hey, white-haired girl, remember, even though you're blind, remember when you slipped in the blood? You actually fell down because there was so much blood in the mansion? (laughs) Yeah, there's a reason for that.
2: Yeah, and like, she must have heard Pauline talking and been like, that's just a woman. Yeah.
3: The, the maid says at one point that she must have realized it was a woman and not not an underbeast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but she didn't say anything.
2: The white hair girl. White hair girl. I don't. I don't know. You know. You're. You are in a tough situation as well. Um.
1: Well, maybe she's like kind of jealous. Like she really likes Yukimasa, but then there's this other woman who's like
2: Yukimasa, like my
1: betrothed, who I have finally found, and and Yukimasa's raising the sword, and she's like, maybe I could just let this go. I know she can't see, but you know. Look, it was, it was a funny image in my head, so whatever.
2: No idea. Like, I have no idea what is going through her mind. I feel like she said she didn't want to run away, like, last time. So I feel like maybe she, like, no matter how many horrible things he did, he does, like, she's still like, no, I have to see this through. Like, I can fix him.
1: Or, she, or like, after he kills her, she's like, Yukimasa, don't. And then it's like, oh, no, no. Uh, all right, I won't. you Good thing you stopped me. Anyway, she's gone now. Bye. All right.
2: <laughs> so... In order to get medicine for the white haired girl, Yukimasa has to go to the village and pretend to be human. She
3: tells him, if you can if you can't get medicine, then an orange would be fine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 well, an orange would make me feel good. I've
5: got I've got scurvy, Yukimasa, I need an orange.
2: <laughs> and uh so he goes to the village and now he knows how to dress and how to speak, and he's cleaned up and um so the villagers know that he's a foreigner, but they don't recognize, they don't call him Bestia. Like, they don't recognize him as the beast that they talk about. Um People are, like, s- weirded out by him because he looks different, but they're pretty nice to him. He is dressed as a nobleman.
1: They think he's, like, a mobile.
2: Yeah. And, like, people are nice. They, like, give him helpful advice and stuff like that. And uh the fruit, so he goes to get oranges. Money
3: bit racism.
2: Yeah, Wow. Just as true back then as it is today. Yeah. If you have money, it doesn't matter how racist people are, they'll still be nice to you because you have money. It's mm.
5: just like the justice system.
2: Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, and so he, so Yukibasa goes to the fruit vendor to get an orange, and the fruit vendor warns him about the beast, and is like, oh, watch, watch out for that beast, and did you know that Javi... Is finally leading a coordinated attack against the beast today while you're not home. (laughs) And he's like, What? And he runs back and leaves the oranges behind. And uh, he's like, The white, oh no, the white haired girl is in there alone. They're definitely gonna kill her. Like, she's the beast, which doesn't make any sense because Javi has seen me and knows what I look like.
1: Wait, does he know? But does he know Javi's Javi?
2: Uh, no, he probably doesn't know Javi's name.
1: Yeah, so he would probably be like, well, they're going there. They're gonna go there. They're gonna see she's the only one there and probably kill her because... Because
3: <laughs> they're an angry mob. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're getting somebody.
2: Finally, there's an angry mob. Uh, <laughs> when he returns... Finally. So, so he runs back. He, like, gets, like, lost in the woods, and he makes it... But he eventually makes it back to the mansion. And he goes to the white-haired girl's room, and she's not there... There is a trail of blood leading from her room all the way down to the cellar, to the cellar door that we entered when we entered the flashback. When he opens the door to the cellar, white hair girl is there, and she has been killed. Um, with his katana, by the way. Yeah, with his katana. Mm-hmm. Um,
4: and Harvey just says, whoops, that was an accident. He doesn't, he doesn't say whoops, but... He he literally does taunt uh, Yuki Mama. He says the
1: Spanish word for whoops. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: Whoop, whoops. Uh. Let me just text my mother-in-law. <laughs> yeah. All right.
2: Uh. And so Javi like yells at him and is like, you're a murderer. Like you're a monster. And... um then everyone just kind of like st- takes a fucking step back as Yukimasa like goes and takes the katana out of the white-haired girl's body and is like, "Yes, I am a monster. I was always like this. I was I was already a horrible murderer. It wasn't because I lost my memory. It's not because like I was already this horrible man and that's what the mansion's been telling me this whole time. I've I've been a horrible murderer f- forever." I'm just a monster and I lost my inhibition and I was just looking for someone to stop me, but nobody could.
1: Do you get it yet?
2: He grabs the <laughs> sword and attacks and kills everyone in the room, and at the end of the story, the cellar door swings shut, and apparently we fell to the floor because the smell of blood is too strong.
3: The mate, the mate left that he must have not really loved either woman, either the white girl, woman, or Pauline just was looking for someone to keep him.
2: Yeah, thanks for the reassuring uh, (laughs) comment Mm. made.
3: Yeah, well, he even
4: uh, claims that the the white-haired girl was really just like, I'm a beast and she was just my leash or restraints or whatever.
3: Yeah, he he, he was just looking for someone to keep him restrained because he was afraid of what he... To tame the
4: beast.
2: And uh, the maid says that after that, uh, Bestia be- became fully a beast and went on to kill everyone in the village.
1: Because during the scene where he comes upon that and they're talking, he goes to grab his sword out of her body, and they just let him. Which I'm like, are you like, are you all kidding me? You jerks.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's jerk. It's jerk village. Yeah. Everyone in jerk village was a jerk, and they died <laughs> for being jerks.
1: Yeah, in that moment, they truly deserved <laughs> the title.
2: Uh, So so that's the end of that story. Mm-hmm. I didn't learn anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, is it the end, though? Because as we're walking back... It's
2: not the end of the chapter, ah. but it's the end of the story of Bestia.
1: True, yeah. Um, I really, yeah, I liked it. It's good, you know.
2: I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the the way the story was told. Um, I didn't really learn anything um, meaningful, but like a lot of horror is like that. It's not like we learned anything from the Incest Story last time.
1: I feel like the Crypt Keeper should be here and like kind of giving like some outro, like
2: that wasn't his bestie
1: idea. (laughs) You know, like oh my god,
4: (laughs) oh my god. Honestly, when you were doing the intro, I thought that was what it was gonna with the like vampire voice. I thought that was what it was going to lead into.
2: <laughs> I'm uh, I'm somebody else talk about what happens next.
4: <laughs> just more twists. It's all twists.
2: <sighs> we walk with the maid to the next ro- next room.
4: Yeah, she's just sort of like, "All right, we're done here. Let's check out some other memories." <laughs> Looks
2: like he got more than he saw dort.
4: <laughs> Sorry. I, I
1: stole that from Channel 101. Anyway, go ahead. We
2: hate this. Um, So we notice again that the maid has no reflection. <laughs> we think that we catch a glimpse of white hair in the mirror of ourselves, but when we look in the mirror, the mirror turns black and opaque. And we get a choice to extend our hand or avert our eyes. And I didn't even need anyone to tell me. I extended my hand. And touch the hell out of that mirror.
1: How could you not? Hon- yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I want to meet that visual novel reader. It's like, hell no!
2: Yeah, that's for the speed run,
1: <laughs> Right.
2: <laughs> so you touch the mirror, and your hand goes into the mirror. Our hand goes into the mirror. And we go into the darkness. And the darkness says, I am the witch. Um, and there are two characters in this little scene flashback thing. Someone named Giselle who we don't see, and then uh, the witch, or someone who claims to be the witch, who's named Michelle, and has um, white hair, long white My hair. My
4: favorite character, immediately. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, Giselle, this this character who we don't see, is like, it's getting foggy, and she's confused. Um, she was apparently, like, summoned to this mansion somehow, but no one's there. She makes it sound like she was invited.
3: She, she's coming in with someone who else who just lives immediately, but she definitely wants to be here for some reason.
2: She strikes me as like some kind of explorer, like almost that she's like on an expedition of some kind, but she doesn't say that explicitly. Um, but she wanders around the mansion, like saying like Hey, is anyone here?" And she uh, finds herself in that chapel room where Bestia was. Um, and she opens a window, or opens like some, some curtains to reveal the angel stained glass. And that's when Michelle appears, this white haired woman. Um, and she, uh, she definitely looks like a witch. Like she, it's, it's the, it's the white haired girl, but she's got really long hair. And she's just kind of in like robes. And she's holding a candle.
3: I think it's a man, not the woman if I had to guess. So, it's funny you say that. I th- I thought so as well. It it looked to oh, me yeah. more like a ma- well, it's definitely like gender ambiguous, but I think it's supposed to be a man. The
2: Michelle is the is the masculine Michelle, like French Michelle. Michelle,
1: yeah. Michel. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, I was going to say cuz I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be Michael. I actually thought they misspelled Michael, which dun, dun, I know sounds dun. like an amateur mistake, but is one that like
2: It was you all. People along.
1: people do, yeah, constantly, so.
2: Um, so Giselle is like, is this your, is this your mansion? Why don't you turn the lights on? And Michelle is like, do not criticize my lifestyle. <laughs> Which is so fucking funny.
5: I am feeling very called out right now.
2: <laughs> like, don't come into my house and criticize how I live in the dark. I'll, I will turn all the lights off if I want to. Right,
3: well, I think, I think this, this gave me a real vampire vibe. So this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're specifically talking about, like, letting the, letting some sunlight in and he doesn't want to. Yeah. yeah. Or she or they or whatever. They. they yeah. Yeah.
2: So they say that the woman can take furniture if she needs money and leave, which I think that's such a funny thing that everyone keeps offering. Like, please take some furniture if you need money.
1: <laughs> How good is this <laughs>
4: fucking furniture?
2: The past was wild.
1: I have so much of it. What am I going to do? You know, like...
4: Just take a chaise lounge. It's okay. So. So, just to rewind a second, they keep offering, saying for you to sell furniture, but, um, what's-his-face, uh, traded a, uh, gem for- oh, right, he had a gem, and if, yeah. and if those were available, why- like, those are a lot more easier to carry than a sofa. Maybe all the,
5: all the furniture is, like, in line with gems, and you, and Maso's just like, well, screw this, I'm just popping that out.
4: If you reupholster it, it'll be great. Like how you lose, like, coins
1: in your couch but gems?
2: (laughs) They're charitable, but not that charitable, right? Like, the treasure is still buried somewhere, and they're not gonna give that away. But they'll give away, like, a chair.
5: This house belonged to Bill Gates.
2: (laughs) So, um, Giselle wants to stay in the house. And, uh, Michelle's like, I don't know about that. And Giselle's like, I can't return to the village mystery um so was she like exiled or something and uh michelle says which will strike you first the regret or the curse (sighs) and uh so michelle talks about how there's a curse on this house and everyone who lives here meets misfortune and then um the narration says the witch's name is morgana oh boy the house in Fata Morgana. <laughs> yep. And But then Michelle says out loud, the witch is me. And that's the end of the memory. And the maid is there. Now and we're back in the hallway. And she's like, are you okay? And we try to ask the maid about the memory that we just saw. But suddenly a Photoshop swirl effect appears.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> was, I was thinking that too. Like, yeah, all right. That works, whatever. Sure.
2: And we're in hypnospace, actually. Um, so, so we can't like we can't like look at the maid in the in the mirror, and there's like a weird swirling effect. So we keep walking, and we ask the maid how long the mansion has been doing this, and she says she's not sure, but that we can figure it out. So she has not been working at the mansion for as long as it has existed. So she is not as old as the mansion which leads me to believe that the Giselle in the flashback is the maid. Yeah, that's
3: that's my theory. Gasp.
2: Um and that that's why we couldn't ask her about it. And that we,
3: we, we might be Michelle?
2: We might be. Yeah. Yeah,
3: that's that's the leading theory uh... for me at least.
1: Yeah, hence also gender ambiguity. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I will say that they Michelle uh, does not specify, like, any, there's nothing that specifies their gender. Like, they don't call them a man or say he or anything like that, at least in the English translation so far.
2: So, I think, yeah, I think the reason why we we couldn't talk to the maid about it is because that, this is, that flashback was part of how the maid became who she is. And, um... Hmm. So we walk with the maid further to the next memory and we pass uh, a lovely painting that we look at. This may be important later, who knows? Uh, And then go to uh, the next door. There's people talking behind the door, and the maid says, oh, this is a more modern time. They invented photography at this point, and innovation was happening, and I was like, oh boy, I love a steampunk. (laughs) We open the door and there's a pool table and cigar smoke and it says the third door, 1869. Nice. Nice.
1: (laughs) You know, I didn't even make that connection for once in my dumb life.
2: (laughs) I'm so sorry.
4: No, you're good. Now, thank you for doing that. We appreciate (laughs) your service. I mean, for this podcast, someone has to do it. Welcome to our one nice story in our horror anthology
2: uh so i don't know if i'm looking forward to this or not this next one um how come not i don't know it's just like an insufferable time (laughs) you know if it's like oh but like the world's fair was is like a little bit after this right this is like far i don't know i don't know history I'm imagining like, oh, it's the World Fair, Nikola Tesla, like all this kind of kind of stuff. And um, but that's like a little bit later.
4: Hey, let's go kill an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, welcome back to the house, huh? Fatima Magana.
1: My right. name's Nikola Tesla. Hey. Uh, I don't know. You want to play some pool or something? Don't mind the cigar smoke; it covers up all the blood.
2: <laughs> Actually, though, eighteen sixty nine, like eighteen sixty nine, would have been. Like, the late, the mid to late 1800s was like when my ancestors came to America from Czechoslovakia and moved to Texas. So, hmm. that's what I know about this time period. I don't, I like, <laughs> that I remember. But I feel like it's like a little too early to be like the whole like, I don't know, is it, this is like, is this the bad times of the Industrial Revolution? I mean, they all were bad times, but like, I don't remember exactly. I feel like I could either really hate this or, you know, or it could be, like, interesting.
1: I'm going to guess the horror game's not going to focus on the good times of the Industrial Revolution, yeah. if there were any, you know. I think we're going to have a lot of factories. Oh, but this Sorry, is Industrial
2: Revolution also in Europe, which, like, when I think about, like, this insufferable kind of time period, I think of, I very much think about it in America. Um, mm. So I, I don't know.
4: I think we're, um... Well, at least right before I saved, some swanky mu- music started playing. But if yeah. this is the Industrial Revolution, I think we're going to get like some clock, clockwork cogs going on in the mansion and get get really mm-hmm. Dracula up in here. Yeah, I mean, That's I fair. mean,
5: I don't want to be pedantic about it, but it's ju- it's just before the Second Industrial Revolution.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah,
5: we're like on the, we're like on that cusp where things in the mid 18th century kind of died down after the invention of the railroads. And it's sort of like there was like a you know, fallow period. And then it's like post-Civil Wars when it kicks back up. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah, this is right after the American Civil War. You
1: absolutely wanted to get Pandantic.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, this is really important because the game isn't going to probably tell us these details. So it's cool to like actually place it.
1: They'll probably
5: allude to it. They've done it a ton. Yeah. Like the whole the whole thing where they don't tell you you're in Valencia and then like Or in pointed out like it absolutely is in Valencia. Um,
4: They're going to throw a shit ton of hints at us. Okay, where do we think the the house is going to end up
3: next? Yeah, if it actually is moving, we don't because the first there really did seem to be like in England, but maybe it was still in in Spain. Just had an English family living in in it. I don't really know.
5: But they go see Shakespeare being performed in the Globe. They're they're definitely in England.
2: Yeah, they're close enough to the Globe Theater to go there.
3: Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So yeah, so so the house might be moving around. Yeah. Castlevania does it. Why not the house in Fata Magrana?
2: Yeah, we are a Dracula and our house moves around and does what we want at our command. Like, come on, y'all. This is yeah. a classic Dracula.
1: Classic Michelle. Thank you, Konami. <laughs> classic Michelle.
2: Huh. Wow. Well, there's
3: Billiard and Smoke. Where did they play Billiard around that time?
2: I don't know. I associate that so much with like early 20th century America. Like, it's weird to, like, place it. Yeah,
5: because, like, Snooker's, uh, yeah, in England, I, I don't know if there would be... A, like, the billiard table in, in 1869 makes me think of, like, the um, America. Yeah, like, their version of what high class would be.
4: When was Prohibition? Uh,
5: 1920 through 1933. Oh, okay. Way, way off.
2: Yeah, which is, like, the period that I associate, like, billiard rooms full of cigar smoke with. So, yeah. like, yeah, this is definitely, like, a cultural... Thing that we're going to have to overcome in the next chapter to understand what time period we're actually in. This is, yeah, very soon after the American Civil War. So. Yeah, it
3: says here that in the United States came into fashion at around 1878, which is very close to... Yeah.
2: And we got a- we got everything from them.
4: So maybe the maid brought it to America. <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh, God, they're going to Forrest Gump this stuff, are they? <laughs>
4: Hey, check out these uh weird, weird spheres I got.
2: Let's not, let's not go to America. Let's stay in England, really. <laughs>
4: oh, I hope there's a, I hope there's a
1: billiards mini game. That's all I can.
2: God, remember. just like in Dream Daddy.
1: There
3: you go. <laughs>
2: uh, well. All right. Next time, are we gonna read all of Chapter Three, or do we, we might break it up?
3: I have, I have I have no idea how long it is. I know that at the end of it um we're after like the story like like in over here after the story is over and we're back at the mansion, we have some choices to make and it's like uh you have to pick everything on the list it just lets you do it one by one um okay and there's also a hidden achievement if you want to know about it oh yeah please absolutely
2: this is this is slow beef the achievement hunter we're talking about
3: yeah so uh, one one of the the menu it's
1: a different brand
3: there are several menus like that. One of them, we, you have the option of uh, calling to the maid. And mm-hmm. do it ten times before choosing any, other, okay. any of the other options. And you get a the <laughs> achievement yeah, for that.
0: Nice. nice.
4: No, seriously, maid, come on. I need this ham sandwich. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> yeah.
2: We both... I, Pauline's my favorite character. Like, I, it's going to be real hard to... to to top Pauline, in terms of characters I like in this game, I feel, we stand.
5: Her whole thing with, with with Javi when she was just like, I'm gonna be your friend, and he's like, what, What's a weird lady? And she's like, No, I'm gonna do it. He's like, No, you're just using me. She's like, I'm not using you. I'm really gonna be your friend, and you're gonna like it.
2: I love her.
4: I have a soft spot for characters like that, yeah. yeah.
3: It seems the main story is going to be about the same length, because I'm looking at, this at the walkthrough that has like all the chapter headings. And there's the same number of mm-hmm. chapters as, as in chapter two. So it's probably going to be about the same length.
2: Okay. So strap in, folks. It's going to be a long long season of long episodes.
3: If we're doing a chapter an episode, this game has, um, I think, eight chapters.
2: But there are all- chapters that are much longer.
3: Yeah, they might be. We'll see
2: how it goes. I I was talking to to a friend, a friend of the show, who said some chapters are very long, so we may split some of them later. Yeah. But next time, folks, read chapter three, and we'll see you on the other side.
1: Take easy, everybody. Enjoy. (laughs) Mulgana.
2: Hey, Mulgana. Nobody's gonna say it with me, huh? (laughs) Farmagan hey, Farmagan!
3: Hey, it's you farmagan! It's a me, Fatamogana.